0: Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast.
1: As long as you're still breathing, there's victory for you to claim. God says, I've got another victory for you. I've got another victory. Power to become. Power to become. Power to become more than you have ever been all of the days of your life.
0: Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God.
1: Oh, wonderful, wonderful group of people. Thank you for being here and for honoring such a wonderful, wonderful family. The Straub's family and their leadership, their, their impact in the, in, in, in the city, as you can see, that they're not just a church that has a little church inside the four walls of a, of a building, but we are so, so grateful to God for what he is doing in and through their ministry. I commend you just for having the wonderful, wonderful mindset just to be here in honor, in honor. Say honor with me. Honor. It's a it's a wonderful thing. Every person who's in jail today is in jail because of somebody that they failed to honor. They failed to honor the law. They didn't learn to honor their mother and their father. We had a little little boy eight-years-old Atlanta city of Atlanta public school system, he penned these words. He said, if you are not disciplined in the home, you're disciplined in the school. If you're not disciplined in the school, you're disciplined in the streets. If you're not disciplined in the streets, you're just disciplined in the jail. If you're not disciplined in the jail, time's up, you're in hell. An eight-year-old boy wrote that. In a creative writing class in the Atlanta public school system. It's amazing what God can speak to us sometimes just through a child. We learn honor at home. The first commandment that ever came with promise was honor thy mother and thy father. Oh, yeah. And then all of the days of your life, that God would not only be with you, but it would be well with you. Yeah. I don't just want to be old and in out of my mind and stricken with arthritis and all birthsitis and all of the other itises. You want to be able to have a long life and be blessed and vibrant and alive and healthy and enthusiastic and giving glory to God. And we learn that honor in a family. And the church is a big family. It's a big family. And God gives a mother and a father over a family of the church. And when you take time to honor those who've been leaders in your life and friends and wonderful, wonderful givers. There is a blessing that rebounds toward your account as you honor. Will we just take a time right now just to give the Lord a wonderful hand of appreciation for the gift of Mark and Samiko Shroud, their family and all that they have borne over the years to pray for people, to deal with fears. To sometimes wonder, God, how in the world are we going to go on? We don't have enough to do what we need to do. And to press beyond your struggles and your fears and trepidation and say, God, we'll trust you. We'll trust you. Aren't you glad that they didn't give up? I will tell you this, that everybody who's ever done anything for a long time was tempted at some point to give up. They were t- tempted to, to, at some point to give up. Uh, How many folks are married in here? Almost every married person at some time, they went through some stuff, they had some arguments, some emotions rose up, where the thought, it it may not have stayed with you a long time, but the thought came across your mind that, you know, I don't have to stay here and take this. Now you see, now I've got such a wonderful love bug in my house. I've never had that thought. I am such a blessed man. I really am. I, you, you, all, you, all, you all just got a little sample of an inkling of the wonderful love and joy that I get to live with all the time. That's why I gave her five babies. I tried to give her ten. <laughs> But what a wonderful, wonderful joy to be here as, as we just celebrate. I'm here out of my love for the Strouds today in celebrating God's grace upon their life, his call in their life, what he's called them to do. And I, I'm just so incredibly grateful to God. I pray that you'll get just a little something out of what I'll share with you. And I, I didn't come to share for a long, long time. I don't think that it's always about the length of the message, it's about the strength of the message. I often tell people I'm going to be just like a miniskirt, short enough to be interesting but long enough to cover the subject matter. So I sometimes tell folks, you know, I tell them like Elizabeth Taylor told her last eight husbands, I won't be keeping you long. But I, I do want to share, I don't know whether you've heard this before, but I just love it. It's it's a letter from a southern mother that she wrote to her son. And since I'm born and raised in the south, how many of you all were born and raised in the south? Oh, good. Then that means that most of you all will understand this too. But she writes this letter. She says, dear son, I'm writing this slow." because I know you can't read fast. We don't live where you eat, where we did when you left because your dad read in the paper that most accidents happen within 20 miles of home. So we moved. <laughs> I won't be able to send you the address since the last family that lived here took the numbers with them for their next house so that they wouldn't have to change their address. I wish I had thought of that. And she says, this place has a washing machine. The first day I, I put some shirts in and I pulled the chain and I haven't seen them since. She said, it only rained twice this week. Three days the first time and four days the second time. She said, that coat that you wanted me to send to you, Your Aunt Sue said that it was too heavy to send in the mail with those heavy buttons on it, so we cut the buttons off and put them in the pockets. (laughs) So we got a bill from the funeral home and said that if we didn't make that last payment on Grandma's funeral bill, up she comes. She said, your sister had a baby this morning, and I haven't found out whether it is a boy or a girl, so I don't know whether you are an uncle or an aunt. She said, your Uncle Bobby fell into the whiskey vat. Some men tried to pull him out, and he fought him off and drowned. We cremated him, and he burned for three days. And he said, three of your friends went off the bridge in a pickup. Uh One was driving, and the other two were in the back. The driver got out. He rolled down the window and swam to safety. But the other two drowned because they couldn't get the tailgate down. <laughs> <laughs> Not much more news at this time. Nothing much has happened. Love, Mom. And then she said, P.S., I was going to send money but the envelope was already sealed. (laughs) I don't know about you but I I find in so many instances that we, we honestly sometimes we get old too quick and smart too late. And it's a wonderful, wonderful joy to be able to just come. That I was preparing to share some things with you today about the awesome gift that you are, and the, awesome, the awesome gift that God has placed on the inside of you. But about 5.30 this morning, the Lord puts a new word in me for you. And I, I want to just give it to you. It's very, very simple. It's in John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Verse 11 and 12 said that he came unto his own and his own did not receive him. He came unto his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him gave he the right or the power to become the sons of God to those who believe in his name. And I want to just talk for a few moments about the power to become. Because God never looks at you and judges you based on where you are. He looks at the potential that is in your life. The power to become. He has given us the power to become the sons of God. It it doesn't mean that you become it automatically, but he has given you the right to become it. You have the right to become everything that God has ever ordained for your life. You've got that power resident in your life. Your potential is not based on what you have done. Your potential is based on what you haven't done yet. That's your potential. That's your potential. Uh, When I think about this, that he gave unto us power to become. Say power to become. He gave us power to become the sons of God. Whatever you are not yet, you have the power to become. You have the power to become. Jesus believed this, and I, I just want to, to throw some little uh, instances out of where these, this, the essence of this message rang out in the life and the ministry of Jesus. It's, uh, the first one was he, he he told a lame man to pick up his bed and walk, to rise and walk. Now, he was lame. But Jesus, the moment that he said, pick up your bed and walk, he gave him power to become. That word gave him the right to become what he said. He gave him the right to do it. Jesus told him simply, rise and walk. In other words, it means move. I'm going to just translate this in, into, into my brawner vernacular. It, it, it says to me, move where you thought you couldn't move. The man was lame. Lame folks can't walk. Jesus said, get up and do what you think you can't do. What is it in your life that you think you can't do? What's holding you in the place where you are? What is it that God has called you to do? And, and he says to you now, get up, lame person, and walk, move, bust a move. God tells us to move. And so whatever it is that you thought that you couldn't move, move. Move, That's it's, 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 it's real simple. Uh, Move into circles that you didn't think you were qualified to move in. Are you listening? He says, listen, listen, lame man, get up and walk and move into some circles." Who would have ever thought that Pastor Mark Stroud would have the mayor of the city and the the chief of police here and commissioners to move in circles? Are you listening to me? That when God tells you to move, he says, lame man, you you, you you got some issues that's wrong in your life. You're not perfect. You don't have the perfect background. You don't have all of the credentials. But he didn't ask you all of that. He simply said, take up your bed. Take up all of your lame excuses. Pick it up and bust a move. Move. He says, get, get, get moving. Start moving in circles that you never thought that you would be invited to. Start moving in dimensions that you never thought that you would be accepted. Start moving. Start moving. You remember Jesus told another man, stretch forth your hand. The man had a withered hand. He had a withered hand. He had a withered hand. And Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. You know what that says to me? It says to me, this is in in my broader vernacular again, touch what you thought you couldn't reach. Touch what you thought you could not reach. Touch what you thought you couldn't reach. May I just remind you of this Dr. Benjamin Elijah Mays, who was a mentor to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he happened to be the president of Morehouse College and the president of the Atlanta Board of Education, all of these things. But he said these words. He said, low aim, not failure, is sin. Low aim, not failure, is sin. Uh, he said to a man whose hand was withered, who felt like they couldn't reach certain things. You don't feel like you can reach more people than what you have in, in your influence right now, in your circle of influence. But he said, stretch forth. Start stretching forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand. Pastor Mark Stroud has started stretching forth his hand. He starts stretching forth a withered hand, and he's reaching more now through technology. Are you listening? I mean, when you begin to stretch forth, you move out of the smaller circles that you've been, and God will enlarge the area of your tent. He will begin to expand you on the left hand and on the right hand. He's saying stretch. Until you attempt what you cannot do, you'll never do all that you can do. I'm going to say that again. Until you attempt what you cannot do, you will never do all that you can do. You got to stretch. Look at your neighbor. Say stretch. stretch. A discoverer of possibilities. When you are a discoverer of possibilities, when you stretch, a discoverer of possibilities always has an idea. Always has an I- idea. Bishop Gooden is a, is a, uh, he's a possibility thinker. He's always got an idea. Always got an idea. I guarantee you this is a man that you'll never see broke down and out. You know why? Because he's a possibility thinker. He's gonna find a way. He's gonna find a way. Because when you are a possibility thinker, you begin to think in different dimensions. You start thinking in different dimensions. A discoverer of possibility always has an idea. Touch yourself. Say, so I'm, I'm a possibility thinker. But then a viewer of impossibilities always has an excuse. A viewer of impossibilities always has an excuse. A discoverer of possibility sees an answer in every problem. They say, listen, I know something that we can do here. I know how we can fix that. I've got a solution. I think that this might just work. When you are a discoverer of possibilities, you see an answer in every problem. You see an answer in every problem. But a viewer of impossibilities sees a problem with every answer. But if we try to feed these people, we can't feed everybody. It's going to be a problem. I mean, then the people are going to start fighting because you're going to run out of food. Touch a neighbor. Say, I know that person. May I just say to you that I'm just telling you God sent me here with a word for you today to tell you that everybody that's been laying, that's been laying on a bed of excuses, he's saying, rise up and walk. And everybody that has kept some things back that you kept drawn, you've 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 kept you have been what I would call withdrawn because you didn't feel confident enough. You felt insecure, so you didn't stretch forth and show any of your creative ability. You didn't show because you might not have gone to the right school and you might feel like I don't have the right kind of degrees and pedigrees and all of this kind of stuff. So he didn't ask you all of that. Stretch Forth, stretch forth, start stretching to reach some things that you've not been able to reach yet. May I just remind you of what the word of the Lord says. This came to me this morning. I heard it so clearly in my spirit. In Psalm 101 and verse 3, the writer says that I will set before my eyes nothing that is worthless. And I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. And let me say to you what that means. Don't expose yourself to anything that you don't want to see, have, or do in your life. He said, I will, set, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. Don't set anything in front of you that you don't want to be, do, or have in your life. You become what you behold. If you keep looking at it, you'll start imitating its ways. If you keep hanging around cussing folks, you'll cuss. I will set nothing before my eyes that I don't want in my life. If I don't want it in my life, I don't want to look at it. I don't want foolishness in my life, I don't want to look at that. I don't want drama in my, I don't look at the housewives of Atlanta. I don't have time for drama. If, you know, if I want a drama, I go to Broadway. I don't have time for all of that jive, that, that drama, that contrives issues of this person cussing this one out and sleeping with so and so. I don't have time. I don't want that in my marriage. Why would I look at what I don't want in my house? The writer of the Bible said that Psalm 101 verse 3 That I will not set anything before my eyes that is worthless. Are you looking at anything worthless in your life that you need to clear out? And the second part of that verse says, I hate the work of those who fall away. I hate the work of those who fall away. I hate. The work of those who fall away, it shall not cling to me. In other words, be determined that you will not quit even when other folks around you quit. Even when other folks around you quit. Did you know that every month, 1,400 pastors in America walk out of the ministry and never return? 1,400 pastors a month leave the ministry. I've seen some of them who have left the ministry. I know some of them, but I hate those who pull away from what God called them to do. And I will not have that before me. I will not quit even if others around me quit. I hope that you're glad that God has set you under the influence of ministry of folks who wouldn't quit when they were tempted to quit, who wouldn't quit when it got hard, who wouldn't quit when money got tight, who wouldn't quit when other folks talked about him? Who wouldn't quit when folks wouldn't show up? Who wouldn't quit when folks wouldn't give right? Who just wouldn't quit when you couldn't get people to cooperate? Thank you. Thank you. Then Jesus he told him, a man rise, take up your bed and walk, get up and move in what you didn't think you could move. Then he told another man stretch forth your hand and touch that which you didn't think that you had the ability to touch. But he told another man to a, a, a blind man go and wash and then see go wash in the pool of Siloam and then see go wash may I give you the broader version? clean something out so you can see what you thought you couldn't see what is it that is muddying up your vision I should say sometimes who is it that is muddying up your vision who He said, go wash and then thou shalt come again seeing. That's some stuff that you got to wash out if you getting ready to see vision. There's some, there's some stuff that you have to move out of your life, move out of your influence. You got to move some stuff out if you really want God to help you to be able to see right. You got to wash some stuff out of your eyes. You got to be able to see beyond your current environment. Clean out your muddy thinking and muddy ideas so that you can see clearly what God has In store for you listen this life that we live we now live this life by the faith of the Son of God it's not even by our own faith we live it by the faith that God gives to us we don't even live this life by our own righteousness we mess up every time we try to become self-righteous self-righteousness causes us to fall pride proceeds a fall we live this life by the righteousness that has been given by Jesus Christ righteousness is a gift It is a gift. It's a gift. And so Jesus told a blind man, Go wash and see. Wash and see. What do you need to wash so you can see? The only reason that folks who are laden in sin can't understand the Bible is because they need to be washed in the blood before they can see what God has already prepared for them. He said something not only... To a lame man, rise, take up your bed and walk. And not only to a man with a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. And not only did he say to a blind man, go wash and see. He said to a woman caught in adultery, an adulteress, go and sin no more. That means be righteous in what you thought you couldn't be right in. Go and be righteous in what you thought. That you couldn't be righteous in. Remember, it's not your righteousness. It's his righteousness. It's his gift. You don't have to have enough righteousness to do it. You just let him do it through you. And then one of the most difficult things that Jesus ever told anybody. He spoke to Lazarus. And told a dead man to rise and live. And today if there are dreams that have died in your life. If there are visions, if there are hopes, if there are aspirations that have died, that you've just given up on, that you have reckoned that I'm too old for that now. I wish I had done this while I was younger. May I say that the word of the Lord is saying, rise and live, come forth. He's saying, get up and live what you thought you could not live. Get up and live what you thought that you could not live. Because you can't live beyond your thinking. You cannot live beyond your faith. And it is, it's, it's your fear that's in your heart that keeps you where you are. If you ever stand around and blame somebody, blaming others nails you to your problems. He's saying, rise up and live. Sometimes you live somebody else's reality, trying to please other people all of your life, and you've never lived. Sometimes you live for your children and through your children and you've never really lived yourself. And Jesus says to you as a Lazarus today, rise up and live what you never thought that you could live. But it is time now that he has given you power to become the sons of God. The ability to do, to be, and to have whatever it is that God has already said. There are certain things that he has given you this day, power to become, power to be able to rise and walk in dimensions that you didn't think you were worthy to walk in, power to stretch forth your hands and touch things that you have not been able to touch in times past. Power to be able to rise up and see what you could not see before. Power to be able to live in a dimension of righteousness where you go and you sin no more. And you nip that thing that has kept you going back to sinful ways over and over and over and over again. And realize that this thing is already a settled issue by the blood of Jesus Christ. That the blood has broken the curse. And when he says to you, rise up and live. It is that thing that has died in you, your hope, your ambition, your dream, your drive that has died in you. When you have reckoned yourself too old to do it now, God could use a 90-year-old woman, Sarah, and bring life through her womb. And if he could do that to you, when Caleb got to be 80 years old, he said, give me my mountain." How old are you? There's something left for you to conquer. Don't ever let the world tell you when you're over the hill. As long as there is breath in your body, that means that God still has another victory for you to claim. As long as you're still breathing, there's victory for you to claim. God says, I've got another victory for you. I've got another victory. Power to become. Power. Power. To become power to become more than you have ever been all of the days of your life there is power in this place right now for you to become the sons of God manifested in glory manifested the power to become does not is not endowed to you by a college or a university it is not endowed by the city council it doesn't come from the United States government it does not come from the approval of mankind it comes when god puts a vision down in a man and in a woman when god breathes life into you and says rise up and live when he begins to expand you don't you dare let anybody else create your world for you because they will always create it too small. They will think they will try to limit you. You got the power to become the sons of God. I just came down to to Bremen, Georgia today to tell you can any great thing come out of Bremen. Don't you ever let anybody put a limit on your life thinking that there is no great thing that God can bring out of Bremen they asked the question years ago is there any great thing that can come out of Nazareth can anything come out of a little place I've been to Nazareth, it's a little place Bremen is bigger than Nazareth and if God could bring something big out of tiny tiny, tiny, itty bitty little Nazareth, what can he bring out of Bremen and I'm glad that he brought you here to bring to give you power to become the sons and the daughters of God. God bless you. I love you.
0: Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by Wave CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our savior in our hearts because he loves us and he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you and he does not want distance to be between you. So would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory but I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me so now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins and I confess Jesus as my master my Lord and as my savior Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org.